The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 Extra Credit on WebmasterRadio.fm is now in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So, right now, we're going to do a little extra credit. And uh, John had a good idea for the show. We were going to talk a little bit about local search and what, uh, well, what sort of things you should keep in mind if you want to get found locally. So where would you start with that, John? I'd start with the main thing, the NAP. The NAP is, for local search, the NAP is critical and probably the most important thing you have to worry about with all the other things you have to worry about. And the NAP, for, for those who are you know, into local search, it's an acronym for the name, address, and phone number. So, so your name, address, and phone number is the core pieces of information that define you as a business in, in, in local search. Um, th- it's interesting to look at the NAP. If you take it apart, you know, there can be multiple businesses at the same address. So like say a mall or an office building. There can be multiple businesses with the same name, say McDonald's. Um, but, but realistically, there's not going to be many businesses that share a phone number. So it's a combination of those three things with the phone number being the primary identifier that really solidify you and identify you as a business in, in the local search arena. Um, what would you say about um, the, the formatting of the address and information that people use? So that's a great question. So the formatting on your website, you want it to be in text format. Wherever it's published on the web, it should be in text format because the engines have to read it just like any other content. Um, so if you have your, the name of your business in a bright, beautiful graphic on your page but, but, but not in text anywhere on the page, that's a problem. Um, you also want to put them as close together as possible. Um, you know, so you have name, address, and phone number all in one little chunk somewhere on the page as well so they can easily associate the three together. The, what I recommend to people is put it in the footer, your name, address, and phone number in the footer of your website. And the, the other thing that does is it puts it on every page of your website. So why do you want it on every page, you ask? I knew you were going to ask that, Ross, so I just asked it for you. <laughs> so, so You're in my mind. Me. Trust me. You must be scared. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my eyes closed. Trust me. <laughs> so so, so you, you want your nap on every page. Because you don't want to just be found for your business. You want to be found for, for non-brand related terms in local search as well. So if someone looking for pizza in Jersey City or happen to be instead of Domino's in Jersey City, and I don't know if there is a Domino's, but I could search for it. But anyway, if you're looking for non-branded terms and you have a page on your website about that topic, you want to make sure that that topic page is associated with your NAP as well. And that's why you want your NAP on every single page of your site. So that gets you NAP association to all those different topics on your website. So for local search, you can be picked up better and, and your, your business associated with non-branded terms. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the other thing too is to make sure that, like, for, well, 
let's take tackle one additional issue, which is going to be very common for many businesses, and that is when they have more than one location on, a, on an existing site. Now, um, I'd actually be interested to see if you have any issue with how I did this because uh, I consider you far more aware of the local aspects than I am. But um, we, we work with a hotel, and what we did in this case is um, they've got five locations, but their main – let's say their homepage. We can't put a location on or, or any address on there, so we put their um, – their main business address, like their their head office, we put that on the on the footer, um, and uh, or even put just put it on the about page. But uh, I think we have it on both. And then when you go to say one of the locations, like the Kamloops location, um, and this is in British Columbia, then when you're in that page, it's it's siloed. You know, we've talked about siloing before. It's when one area of the website's devoted completely to that topic or that locale. In this case, it is. It's all about the Kamloops, BC area, and there it is. Front and center on the left uh, is a uh, also not center. <laughs> Front and left <laughs> is the address <laughs> for the Kamloops location. You meant you, uh, you meant left of center. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, and, and it's it's obvious that this is the location, and we make sure. And this is the other thing I was sort of getting at too when we we're talking about the formatting. You want to make sure that you use exactly the same formatting elsewhere whenever you put that address online. So let's say you you create a listing for your website. Uh, uh, Yellow Pages or Yahoo or anything like that where it asks or gives you opportunity to put the address, make sure you use the exact same syntax. So um, uh, not 250.385.1190, uh, which is our phone number here, but 250 dash. Use dashes. I, 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 now, are, is it that picky still? I know it was. Um, I would, I, I, with all the changes happening in local search, I would just assume worst case and say yes. So yes. they may easily be able to distinguish between dots and dashes and phone numbers, but why risk it? Yeah, it was that bad though, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was so yeah, bad was. that you, you, if you had those different things, Google had a difficult time making sure that this was an indicator that you actually existed because that's what they're doing. They're going out there and they're looking at these citations and, and different places where people are pointing to you and using your address and making sure that this says the same address and everything's you know, copacetic. And, and it's not so much that they would discount the one with dots. If, if everything else was dashes – and they found two with dots, they're not going to discount those. They're just not going to be as strong a citation because they're not exactly the same. And the same thing kind of goes, in, which is probably more prevalent, is when the difference between your address saying Main Street, S-T-R-E-E-T, versus Main Street, S-T, period, or Avenue, or you know, abbreviations in names, the same kind of thing, you know, spelling out the state versus doing the abbreviation of the state, that kind of stuff, you know, using a five-digit zip code versus the extended one with an, the nine-digit zip code here in the U.S. So those kind of things are not going to be ignored. They're just not going to have as much strength because they're not exactly the same as the primary citation or the primary NAP, excuse me. Yeah, and so you know what a shame. You, obviously, you want every single thing to take as much have as much power uh, power for the time as you possibly can. So in those situations, just make sure everything's identical. And uh, you know, I think one thing to tie this up a bit is what people have to do next is get those citations. They need those things to correlate that, yes, you do actually have this address, and it is, in fact, real. real, real. So uh, in this, this case... Yeah. No, I was going to say, let's be clear that everybody understands what a citation is versus like a link, right? So a link is you know something linking to your site. A citation is just an instance of your NAP out in the wild of the Internet somewhere. Um, as long as that name, address, and phone number are connected and published anywhere, that's a citation. It does not have to be a link. It does not have to be on a property you own. It does not have to be in a directory. It's just out there somewhere, that's a citation. 
very but good. Just, yeah, very but, yeah. But but just like links, citations have strengths based on where they're at. So a citation on a really strong, a powerful, authoritative site is going to be much, much better than a citation on my sister's blog. Sorry, sis. <laughs> <laughs> now, what in, ter- in terms of building those citations and actual links as well, um, there's a few services out there. I wanted to get this out here until just just to prevent anyone from taking a potentially wrong route. I know there's certain ones you just love, like universal business listings. <laughs> um, that, that's so a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah, but what we should do at least to, to, to sort of tie this up here is make sure that others know that there aren't these 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 services that are pitching the all the end all and be all of getting these links for you aren't necessarily the best things to go with. Now, what what would you say to that? So it depends on how they claim to do it. So you brought up universal business listings, and I've done business with them for a number of years now. And and they're not a bad service, but the main reason I use them is because they have, or any service that does what this is, is they have a direct access and they publish directly to the the databases that publish location information. So there's three main databases. There's the Axiom database, the InfoUSA database, and the LocalEase database. And that's where most sites who publish directories and local sites like City Search and Foursquare and even Google and Bing get a lot of data about businesses. And it's, it, it's, it's just a database repository. You put your information in the database and then whenever those sites need an update or want to update, they go get it. So the idea of saying we can put your site in 300 different directories is not really true. What they're doing is putting you in a database and the sites will then come and get it. At their own at their own pace, some of them like Google and Bing might hit that those d- databases once every few days. Some little teeny local directory might hit it once a year. So it, it really depends. You know, a lot of sites use those databases, and then if you can get sites to pull your information from those databases, they're all going to be exactly the same. That NAP will be very very consistent because they all got the information from the same place. So from that perspective, I like the, the database distribution model. But it, again, it only covers places that, that pull data from these databases. There's lots right. of other ways to get citations. Yeah, excellent. Well, there you go. That's from the man. You, you go, you're, you're, you're sent all over the world here to, to, to speaking, aren't you? Or at least all over the, or North America. <laughs> all over the U.S. and, and soon to be Victoria, because I'm going to speak to your wife about a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, great. Well, uh, on that note, I think I better go. <laughs> and uh, everyone, uh, we'll be right back after this quick break. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Join the thousands of search and social media marketers at one of the largest events of the year, SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Learn more at sesconference.com. SES San Francisco 2012 kicks off three days in sessions with a keynote presentation by Google Digital Marketing Evangelist Avinash Kaushik speaking about business optimization in a digital age. Check out daily Meet the Expert roundtables where you can take part in intimate and informative discussions with industry icons. Add over 70 sessions, a crowded expo floor, on-site training at the ClickZ Academy, the big search engine watch eliminator, goodbye, and webmasterradio.fm search bash, and you'll have SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Register for SES San Francisco 2012 today by clicking on the banner ads from the webmasterradio.fm website or go now to SES. 
How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Your virtual webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello and welcome to an extra credit portion of SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing. And uh, I wanted to jump into a few pieces of news. Uh, One thing is uh, uh, just recently Bing launched a link disavow tool. Uh, now, one thing that John and I have spoken about in the past is how silly all these penalties have been around the penguin and panda um, on any kind of links that are pointing to your website that just aren't doing anything for you. In fact, they're actually providing uh, negative benefits to your site. In those situations, my personal opinion is that they should just be ignored. Google shouldn't be penalizing anyone. If they ignored it, it would just wouldn't be of any use and people would be wasting their money getting them. However, Google wants to penalize, so whatever, fine. In that situation, uh, a lot of us have said, well, why don't we have uh, a way to disavow links? Let's say we don't want this link to be associated with this. Someone's linked to us, though, so we can't control it. In that situation, uh, Google still has not provided anything to do that, but Bing, (laughs) we have no idea why, but Bing has decided to do that. Now, Danny Sullivan was the one that announced this on, uh, or at least was one that did a, a fairly decent article on this particular subject. He said he asked Microsoft why they launched it and why a site owner would be motivated to spend reviewing, re- spend time reviewing links and determining if they should be disavowed. Can, in fact, spammy links hurt a site? And can competitors hurt sites in this way in Bing? Uh, Essentially, I'll just sort of keep it brief here. Uh, they've been kind of wishy-washy about their answer. They say, uh, quote-unquote, this tool simply allows webmasters a way to alert us, a signal, if you will, to the fact they don't support a particular link or group of links pointing to their site. Ultimately, though, it helps us understand the webmaster's intent. If they disavow links we already see as undesirable or spammy, then we, Bing, and the webmaster are on the same page. <laughs> they really don't tell us whether or not, uh, at this point, uh, negative link campaigns could hurt a company. 
um, or whether or not this is really going to help anyone. But I think it's it's great that they've done this, if anything, just to set the precedent that Google will hopefully follow. Uh, but I really don't know how much impact it has on anyone's rankings at this point because I don't know of anyone per, per se who has been uh, impacted negatively by uh, bot links within Bing, at least not directly for that reason. So it's interesting. Uh, again, I think it's a good a good sign for all of us that Google may be bringing this into play because I know a few clients that we've received lately who have had problems. Um, uh, they've been coming asking for help, and we've been glad to help. Uh, would really benefit from a link disavow tool. So here's hoping. Uh, next on the list is uh, Penguin and Panda, where you hit. Um, now, the reason I bring this up now is I have been dealing and helping a lot of companies out that have had penalties applied to them. Um, now, from Penguin, it's not, not necessarily a penalty. It's an algorithmic update, so it has just affected their rankings. Uh, say they dropped 50 places. You know, to all intents and purposes, for a owner, though, it feels like a penalty. Um, technically, a penalty is something manually applied by a Google uh, employee. Now, Penguin and Panda, both of those, have instigated some of those in some cases, uh, uh, at least as far as I can tell. Um, now, the, the, the key that I'm trying to get to here is that if you have got a penalty or there's some sort of algorithmic update, um, look at your site, go through it with a fine-tooth comb after reading Google Webmaster Guidelines and be very, very particular about everything you read. Uh, I've actually taken some time just for the sake of interest to go through it and try to create my own checklist from Google Webmaster Guidelines so that I can show it to some of my staff. Um, again, I think it's a refresher. Uh, we kind of live and breathe them anyway, but I don't want anything missed. We're dealing with people's livelihoods here, and obviously uh, when there has been a manual update applied, we have to go through the reconsideration um, request system within Google, and we don't want to have anything that uh, keeps them from getting reconsidered, or not keeps them, but keeps them from getting um, reinstated. So make sure you do that. Read through it all. Be hypercritical of your website. Change anything you possibly can and bring it back from the brink. Uh, and, and the brink is really where you are about to fall off the edge and be in a total black hat realm where you know Google would not even listen to you again. If you're doing something that's been gray hat that got you, ban- got you banned or, or penalized, then just pull back. Clean everything up. Even if you have to, quote unquote, de-optimize a page, you know, you know take out some of the uh, keywords that... You know we're benefiting you, but you're a little concerned. Maybe it was a bit over the top. Take all that stuff out do, before you do the reconsideration. And then itemize and outline everything you've done to get that reconsider, uh, to, to feel worthy of a reconsideration. And be transparent. Uh, really, that does pay off. I, I did that for a client recently and got a response in five days. Uh, that's a record for me. I, usually, I, I see a week or so um, at least. Five days is great. So they are responding quite quickly. Um, in some cases, they don't respond. They'll just say, uh, we're looking at this. We will not necessarily respond to you. But if you do get re-added, um, it will happen within a few weeks. But I have noticed by being very verbose and very detailed about what we've done to improve their sites and how we're trying our best, they tend to be a little more interactive. So keep that in mind. Now, we're going to take a quick break. and we get back, we're going to talk, uh, well, I've got a few questions from listeners I'd like to answer. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrand. 
Brands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm, the flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to this extra credit version of SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So we've got a few questions that I picked up out of the Facebook page, so thank you, everyone. We always appreciate these. Uh, the first one's from Nicole Degner. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. She says, hi, guys. I'm about to take on a few Canadian clients. Is there anything different in terms of SEO or search engines from the U.S. to Canada? Any insight I should consider? Thanks. Well, um, obviously, I'm in Canada, so I imagine that's why you've asked, uh, and we do deal with a lot of Canadian clients. I've been trying to think exactly what I would consider different. Um, some of the more obvious things, I guess, is what come to mind. Um, for example, when you're doing any kind of ranking reporting, if your clients desire those still, um, you're going to want to make sure you're doing it from Google.ca and any other Canadian-related uh, version of a search engine. Uh, that's very important. Uh, the, the difference in rankings is is massive, uh, especially if they're a .ca. And that's another thing to consider. If they're a .ca website, they're unlikely to get as much exposure in the .com realm. If they're looking for that, then that's something that you can uh, maybe changing their domain or offering uh, uh, a second site that's for U.S. or international means. Uh, so .ca, you get pigeonholed. It's Canadian. Google is very strict about that. Uh, now, the other thing would be uh, if you're doing any kind of local 
your your options are very restricted. Google Local is pretty much the only game in town. Um, after that, the only way to get in the Bing or Yahoo Local are through the god-awful Yellow Pages. Um, obviously, I'm not impressed with them, and I haven't been for a long time. I don't like anything that requires me to pay to get into any of these things, and, and frankly, it's not even all that reliable that you will. Um, but that's the only way to get into Bing right now. Um, they still don't seem to care about Canada, so they're only allowing uh, people in through Yellow Pages. Um, anything else I can think of? Uh, sometimes French versions are required, and then you have to get into or, uh, the content, if it's especially if it's a government site or someone who's representing uh, Cana- uh, all Canadians, uh, including um, Co- Quebec and Montreal. There's different laws around that as well. Uh, that's a whole other ball of wax. But when it comes to SEO, uh, that's really where the buck stops. I don't really, I can't think of anything else. Uh, I always have different laws when it comes to privacy settings and such, but that, again, doesn't involve too much to do with SEO. Hope that helps, Nicole, and good luck. Now, another question from Elliot Richmond. Where can I find show notes? You've referred to them on the show, but I can never find them. I'm sorry to hear that, Elliot. Um, we don't officially have show notes that I know of. Maybe Brasco can tune in if he knows of any, but I don't know of any. We do occasionally post relevant links to uh, some of the stuff we've discussed, and we put those on Facebook. Uh, so it's kind of a, that's kind of our website of choice for posting any comments or, or uh, information based on the show. Uh, but uh, thank you, and, and uh, ideally someday we'd have the budget to do show notes, but we just don't have that at this point. So if you have any questions in specific about the show we just did, by all means ask them, and we'll try and get to them and answer them either on the air or within the Facebook page. Facebook page is facebook.com slash seo101podcast. Now, Casper, um, I'm sorry, Casper, I'm not going to try your name. It, that, that, I'm going to butcher it to death. It looks like it's uh, possibly Norwegian or something. But um, you have a question about local, and there's some great – oh, it's Denmark. That's from Denmark. Um, I think I'm going to hold off. I don't have John on this episode, so I'm going to wait until he gets um, on the next one, and we'll make sure we get to your question then. So I'll, I'll earmark it for the next show. Thank you. Uh, a question from Keith Hemstreet. I have a retail site. A supplier used to sell on his own site, but does not anymore. Oh, supplier used to sell. Uh, sorry, here. Um, I have a retail site, and he shut the site down. It's no longer hosted. Can I use the product descriptions from his old site without getting hit for duplicate content? I think that's where we get down to the key question here. Can I use the product description from his old site without getting hit for duplicate content? I don't see a reason why not. What I would do is I would test uh, to make sure that that isn't already duplicated elsewhere, you know, hasn't been scraped. Uh, in general, though, I think that's no problem at all. If the, if the site is gone, it can't be indexed anymore. There is no duplicate content. Uh, it's, it's being used before, but that's not an issue. So uh, go for it, Keith. That should make life a lot easier. And uh, by the time you may, perhaps by the time you've re-optimized that content, it'll be better and different anyway. So you'll be fine. Now, Lewis, uh, Lewis is great. He's always asking questions. Thank you. Uh, he wants sort of a podcast question or survey, and I think that's a great idea. I'm going to have to get back into Facebook and figure out how to do that. He says, uh, considering all the things Google and Bing has been doing recent- recently, which one do you like best? We used to like Google, but definitely favor Bing now and recommend to use Bing to our clients. Well, I've heard that a lot lately. Uh, and 
personally, Google has cheesed me off a bunch as well. Uh, and I know a lot of clients are, are feeling the same way. It is still the only game in town, really, when it comes down to truly bringing in the, the, the bucks. Uh, Bing is getting better. There's no question whatsoever. And it's certainly nothing to be ignored. Uh, but until it's, it's a bigger game, uh, I, I, I know I still have to focus on Google. But... Again, we are still going to have to focus on a Bing a bit, and I personally think it'd be great to get more Bing action. They're, they're really, really working hard, and they seem to be working for us versus against us, which um, that's how I'm feeling Google is these days. So, uh, but I, I, what I'll do is, everyone, if you want to go to our podcast, our, our Facebook page, I'm going to have that uh, survey up there soon, and we'd love to get your input. Which one do you like more, Google or Bing? And uh, I'll see if I can even post an other option on there and they can mention something else you really like. Maybe Wolfram Alpha or Blecko or some of these other fancier, dancier, smaller search engines that uh, are making some progress in the marketplace. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, this has been a fun extra credit episode. On behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to contact me, my email address is ross at stepforth.com. That's S-T-E-P-F-O-R-T-H.com or on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash SEO 101 podcast. Thanks for joining us today on this extra credit version of SEO 101. You can hear us every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we hope you tune in next week. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.